decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your squirrel, the host, coming to you from the ARN studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. Good to have you with us. This is Squirrel Chatter for Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022. And it's pre-recorded because I have an early morning bus thing today, so I am not home this morning. Um, I have to leave before the podcast would normally be over, so I'm pre-recording this on Tuesday, which is why I'm wearing the exact same shirt I was wearing yesterday. That's the way it works. <laughs> All right. Good to have you with us. This is Squirrel Chatter, a podcast that is dedicated primarily to the public reading of scriptures and secondarily to my thoughts on various topics of the day. And our scripture reading today as we continue to work our way through the entire Bible in the Legacy Standard Bible Translation. Our scripture reading today is Ezekiel 22 through 24, Psalm 134, and John 8. And then I want to talk a little bit about why we know, how we know, that John 7:53 through 8:11 is not original. It's not scripture. It was added later. So I'm going to talk a little bit about why we know that. Um, I skipped 7.53 yesterday, and we're skipping 8, 1 through 11. Today, in our reading, we'll be starting with John 8, 12, and reading through the rest of John. But I want to talk about why we're skipping these 12 verses. Because um, it's, it's important, and it's something that we need to know. Um, a lot of people don't. <laughs> so we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But first, let's begin, as is our practice, with the prayer of confession from the 1552 Book of Common Prayer. After I remind you that Squirrel Chatter is a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community, head on over to christianpodcastcommunity.org. Check out all the great curated podcasts over there. You are sure to find something worth listening to. I guarantee it or double your money back. All right. Let us begin with the prayer of confession from the 1552 Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. And now the prayer for the reading of the word. Blessed Lord, who hast caused all Holy Scripture to be written for our learning, grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of thy holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which thou hast given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now Ezekiel chapter 22. Then the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Now, as for you, son of man, will you judge? Will you judge the city of blood? 
then you shall cause her to know her abominations. And you shall say, Thus says Lord Yahweh, A city shedding blood in her midst, so that her time will come, and she makes idols against herself for defilement. You have become guilty by the blood which you have shed, and defiled by your idols which you have made. Thus you have brought your day near, and have come to your years. Therefore I have made you a reproach to the nations, and a mocking to all the lands. Those who are near and those who are far from you will mock you, you of unclean name, full of turmoil. Behold, the princes of Israel, each according to his power, have been in you for the purpose of shedding blood. They have treated father and mother with contempt within you. The sojourner they have oppressed in your midst, the fatherless and the widow they have mistreated in you. You have despised my holy things and profaned my Sabbaths. Slanderous men have been in you for the purpose of shedding blood, and in you they have eaten at the mountain shrines. In your midst they have done acts of lewdness. In you they have uncovered their father's nakedness. In you they have humbled her who was unclean in her menstrual impurity. One who has, one has also done what is an abomination with his neighbor's wife, and another has lewdly defiled his daughter-in-law. And another in you has violated his sister, his father's daughter. In you they have taken bribes for the purpose of shedding blood. You have taken interest in profits, and you have injured your neighbors for gain by oppression. And you have forgotten me, declares Lord Yahweh. Now behold, I have struck my hand at your greedy gain which you have acquired, and at the bloodshed which is among you. Can your heart stand, or can your hands be strong in the days that I will act against you? I, Yahweh, have spoken and will act. I will scatter you among the nations, and I will disperse you through the lands, and I will put an end to your uncleanness from you. You will profane yourself in the sight of the nations, and you will know that I am Yahweh. And the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Son of man, the house of Israel has become dross to me. All of them are bronze and tin and iron and lead in the furnace. They are the dross of silver. Therefore, thus says Lord Yahweh, Because all of you have become dross, therefore behold, I am going to gather you into the midst of Jerusalem. As they gather silver and bronze and iron and lead and tin into the furnace to blow fire on it in order to melt it, so I will gather you in my anger and in my wrath, and I will lay you there and melt you. And I will collect you together and blow on you with the fire of my fury, and you will be melted in the midst of it. As silver is melted in the furnace, so you will be melted in the midst of it, and you will know that I, Yahweh, have poured out my wrath on you. And the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Son of man, say to her, You are a land that is not cleansed or ruined in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in her midst, like a roaring lion tearing the prey. They have devoured lives. They have taken treasure and precious things. They have made many widows in the midst of her. Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no separation between the holy and the profane, and they have not made known the difference between the unclean and the clean, and they hide their eyes from my Sabbaths, and I am profaned among them. Her princes within her are like wolves tearing the prey by shedding blood and destroying lives in order to get greedy gain. 
and her prophets have smeared whitewash for them, beholding worthless visions and divining lies for them, saying, Thus says Lord Yahweh, when Yahweh has not spoken. The people of the land have practiced oppression and committed robbery, and they have mistreated the afflicted and needy and have oppressed the sojourner without justice. And I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the breach before me for the land, so that I would not bring it to ruin. But I found no one. Thus I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my fury. Their way I have brought upon their heads, declares Lord Yahweh. Chapter 23 The word of Yahweh came to me again, saying, Son of man, there were two women, daughters of one mother, and they played the harlot in Egypt. They played the harlot in their youth. There their breasts were pressed, and there their virgin bosom was handled. Their names was Ohalah, the elder, and Ohaliba, her sister, and they became mine, and they bore sons and daughters. And as for their names, Samaria is Ohola, and Jerusalem is Ohaliba. Ohola played the harlot while she was mine, and she lusted after her lovers, after the Assyrians, her neighbors, who were clothed in purple, governors and officials, all of them desirable young men, horsemen riding on horses. She gave her harlotries to them, all of them the choicest men of Assyria, and with all whom she lusted after, with all their idols she defiled herself. She did not forsake her harlotries from the time in Egypt, for in her youth men had lain with her, and they handled her virgin bosom and poured out their harlotry on her. Therefore I gave her into the hand of her lovers, into the hands of the Assyrians, after whom she lusted. They uncovered her nakedness. They took her sons and her daughters, but they killed her with the sword. Thus she became despised, a despised name among women, and they executed judgments on her. Now her sister Oholiba saw this, yet she was more corrupt in her lust than she, and her harlotries were more than the harlotries of her sister. She lusted after the Assyrians, governors and officials, the ones near, magnificently dressed, horsemen riding on horses, all of them desirable, choice men. And I saw that she had defiled herself. They both took the same way. So she increased her harlotries, and she saw men portrayed on the wall, images of the Chaldeans portrayed with vermilion, girded with belts on their loins, with flowing turbans on their heads, and all of them looking like officers, in the likeness of the Babylonians in Chaldea, the land of their birth. And she saw them and lusted after them and sent messages to them in Chaldea. So the Babylonians came to her, to the bed of love, and defiled her with their harlotry. Then she became defiled by them, and her soul became disgusted with them. And she uncovered her harlotries and uncovered her nakedness. Then my soul became disgusted with her, as my soul had become disgusted with her sister. Yet she multiplied her harlotries, remembering the days of her youth when she played the harlot in the land of Egypt. She lusted after their paramours, whose flesh is like the flesh of donkeys and whose issue is like the issue of horses. Thus you longed for the lewdness of your youth when the Egyptians handled your bosom because of the breasts of your youth. Therefore, O Oholiba, thus says Lord Yahweh, Behold, I will arouse your lovers against you, those with whom your soul was disgusted, and I will bring them against you from every side. 
the Babylonians and all the Chaldeans, Pekod and Shoah and Koah, and all the Assyrians with them, desirable choice men, governors and officials, all of them, officers and men of renown, all of them riding on horses. They will come against you with weapons, chariots, and wagons, and with an assembly of peoples. They will set themselves against you on every side with large shield and shield and helmet, and I will give them the judge I will give the judgment to them, and they will judge you according to their judgments. And I will set my jealousy against you, that they may deal with you in wrath. They will remove your nose and your ears, and your survivors will fall by the sword. They will take your sons and your daughters, and your survivors will be consumed by the fire. They will also strip you of your clothes and take away your beautiful jewelry. Thus I will make your lewdness and your harlotry brought from the land of Egypt to cease from before you, so that you will not lift up your eyes to them or remember Egypt any more. For thus says Lord Yahweh, Behold, I will give you into the hands of those you hate, into the hands of those with whom your soul was disgusted. They will deal with you in hatred, take all the fruit of your labor, and leave you naked and bare. And the nakedness of your harlotries will be uncovered, both your lewdness and your harlotries. These things will be done to you because you have played the harlot with the nations, because you have defiled yourself with their idols. You have walked in the way of your sister, therefore I will give her cup into your hand. Thus says Lord Yahweh, You will drink your sister's cup, which is deep and wide. You will be laughed at and held in derision. It contains much. You will be filled with drunkenness and sorrow, the cup of horror and desolation, the cup of your sister Samaria. You will drink it and drain it. Then you will gnaw its fragments and tear your breasts. For I have spoken, declares Lord Yahweh. Therefore, thus says Lord Yahweh, because you have forgotten me and cast me behind your back, bear now the punishment of your lewdness and your harlotries. Moreover, Yahweh said to me, Son of man, will you judge Ohola and Oholiba? Then declare to them their abominations. For they have committed adultery and blood is on their hands. Thus they have committed adultery with their idols and have even caused their sons whom they bore to me to pass through the fire to them as food. Again, they have done this to me. They have defiled my sanctuary on the same day and have profaned my Sabbaths. For when they had slaughtered their children for their idols, they entered my sanctuary on the same day to profane it, and behold, thus they did with my house. Furthermore, they have even sent for men who come from afar, to whom a messenger was sent, and behold, they came, for whom you bathed, painted your eyes, and decorated yourselves with ornaments. And you sat on a splendid couch with a table arranged before it, on which you had set my incense and my oil. The sound of a multitude at ease was with her, and drunkards were brought from the wilderness with men of the common sort. And they put bracelets on the hands of the women and beautiful crowns on their heads. Then I said, concerning her who was worn out by adulteries, Will they now commit harlotry with her when she is thus? But they went into her, as they would go into a harlot. Thus they went into Ohola and Oholiba, the lewd women. But they, righteous men, will judge them with the judgment of adulteresses and with the judgment of women who shed blood, because they are adulteresses, and blood is on their hands. For thus says Lord Yahweh, Bring up an assembly against them and give them over to terror and plunder. 
The assembly will stone them with stones and cut them down with swords. They will kill their sons and their daughters and burn their houses with fire. Thus I will make lewdness cease from the land, that all women may be chastised and not commit lewdness as you have done. Your lewdness will be requited upon you, and you will bear the sin of worshiping your idols. Thus you will know that I am Lord Yahweh. Chapter 24 And the word of Yahweh came to me in the ninth year, in the tenth month, on the tenth of the month, saying, Son of man, write the name of the day this very day. The king of Babylon has laid siege to Jerusalem this very day. Speak a parable to the rebellious house, and you shall say to them, Thus says Lord Yahweh, Put on the pot, put it on, and also pour water in it. Put in it the pieces, every good piece, the thigh and the shoulder. Fill it with choice bones. Take the choicest of the flock, and also pile wood under the pot. Make it seethe vigorously, also boil its bones in it. Therefore, thus says Lord Yahweh, Woe to the city of blood! to the pot in which there is rust, and whose rust has not gone out of it. Take out of it piece after piece without making a choice, for her blood is in their midst. She placed it on the bare rock. She did not pour it on the ground to cover it with dust, that it may cause wrath to come up to take vengeance. I have put her blood on the bare rock, that it may not be covered. Therefore, thus says Lord Yahweh, Woe to the city of blood! I also will make the pile great. Heap on the wood, kindle and fire, completely cook the flesh, and mix in the spices, and let the bones be burned. Then stand it empty on its coals, so that it may be hot, and its bronze may glow, and its uncleanness may be melted in it, its rust brought to a complete end. She has wearied me with toil, yet her great rust has not gone from her. Let her rust be in the fire." In your uncleanness is lewdness, because I would have cleansed you, yet you are not clean. You will not be cleansed from your uncleanness again, until I have caused my wrath against you to be at rest. I, Yahweh, have spoken. It is coming, and I will act. I will not regret, and I will not pity, and I will not relent. According to your ways and according to your deeds, I will judge you, declares Lord Yahweh. And the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Son of man, behold, I am about to take from you the desire of your eyes with a blow, but you shall not mourn, and you shall not weep, and your tears shall not come. Groan silently, make no mourning for the dead. Bind on your headdress, and put on your shoes on your feet, and do not cover your mustache, and do not eat the bread of men. So I spoke to the people in the morning, And in the evening my wife died, and in the morning I did as I was commanded. The people said to me, Will you not tell us what these things you are doing mean for us? Then I said to them, The word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Say to the house of Israel, Thus says Lord Yahweh, Behold, I am about to profane my sanctuary, the pride of your strength, the desire of your eyes, and the delight of your soul, and your sons and your daughters whom you have left behind, will fall by the sword. And you will do as I have done. You will not cover your mustache, and you will not eat the bread of men. And your headdresses will be on your heads, and your shoes on your feet. You will not mourn, and you will not weep, but you will rot away in your iniquities, and you will groan to one another. 
Thus Ezekiel will be a wondrous sign to you. According to all that he has done, you will do. When it comes, then you will know that I am Lord Yahweh. Now as for you, son of man, will it not be on the day when I take from them their strong defense, the joy of their beauty, the desire of their eyes, and what lifts up their soul, their sons and their daughters, that on that day he who escapes will come to you with a report for your ears. On that day your mouth will be open to him who escaped, and you will speak and be mute no longer. Thus you will be a wondrous sign to them, and they will know that I am Yahweh. And now Psalm 134. Behold, bless Yahweh, all you slaves of Yahweh, who stand in the house of Yahweh by night. Lift up your hands to the sanctuary and bless Yahweh. May Yahweh bless you from Zion, who made heaven and earth. And now John chapter 8, beginning in verse 12. Then Jesus, spoke again, Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness about myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I am not judging anyone. But even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone in it, but I and the Father who sent me. Even in your law it has been written that the witness of two men is true. I am he who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. So they were saying to him, Where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury, as he was teaching in the temple, and no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Then he said again to them, I am going away, and you will seek me, and will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews were saying, Surely he will not kill himself, since he says, Where I am going, you cannot come. And he was saying to them, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they were saying to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, What have I been saying to you from the beginning? I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and the things which I heard from him, these I am saying to the world. They did not know that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. And I do nothing for myself, but I speak these things as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was speaking these things, many believed in him. So Jesus was saying to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's seed and have never, never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. 
and the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's seed, yet you are seeking to kill me, because my word has no place in you. I speak the things which I have seen with my father, therefore you also do the things which you have heard from your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you are Abraham's children, you would do the deeds of Abraham. But now you are seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. This Abraham did not do. You are doing the deeds of your father. They said to him, We were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, God. Jesus answered them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and have come from God. For I have not even come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I am saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason you do not hear them, because you are not of God. The Jews answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me. But I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death ever. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, and the prophets also. And you say, If anyone keeps my word, he will never taste of death ever. Surely you are not greater than our father Abraham who died. The prophets died too. Whom do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. And you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say that I do not know him, I will be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Therefore they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. This is the word of the Lord. Now the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now the collect for grace. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, 
who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings may be ordered by thy governance to do always that is righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, well, as you are well aware, we skipped over what is known as the pericope adulterae. The pericope adulterae is simply a fancy way of saying the story of the woman caught in adultery. That is in John 7.53 through 8.11. John 7.53 through 8.11 is a textual variant. What does that mean? Textual variants are whether we have a difference in manuscripts. John 7.53 through 8.11 is one of the two longest textual variants. There are only two of this length. Both of them are 12 verses. The other is the longer ending of Mark. All the other textual variants, you know, might be, you know, mostly are just words, but might be, uh, actually most of them are spelling or word order, which have no significance at all. You can throw out 75% of all the textual variants simply as variations that have no meaning whatsoever. They don't change anything. But these two long textual variants, the pericope adultery and the longer ending of Mark, neither one is to be considered authentic or original. Now, what's the reason for that? Let's just look at the passage of John, because that's the one we've skipped over here. The footnote in the ESV says this, Some manuscripts do not include 753 through 811. Others add the passage here, or after 736, or after 2125, or after Luke 2138, with variations in the text. And there's a key there of why we don't think this was original. First, it's not contained in the oldest manuscripts we have. It first appears in a manuscript from the 5th century. And indeed, it appears in what's considered to be a fairly odd manuscript. It has some really strange variant readings. It's called uh, uh, Codex Beza, and it's just a strange manuscript, I'm told. I'm not a... I'm not an expert in these matters, but I've read I've read quite a bit about them. I'm not an expert because I'm not a I'm not an original language expert. I admit that openly without out shame, as as many of you may have heard me say. I'm dyslexic. I'm bad enough in English. Um, I can fight my way through the Greek. I can work my way through a passage in the Greek, but it takes me time. And I need to depend on the resources of others. I can't just sit down and read the Greek. And I gave up on Hebrew long ago. For a dyslexic, when you consider that Hebrew is backwards and it has no vowels, you know, although there are valve pointings and stuff, it's just not, not going to be easy for a dyslexic guy like me. So I will never be an original language scholar. 
And to really study these matters, you need to know the original languages. So you can actually look at the variants and understand what they are. And I can't do that. And I know I can't do that. But I read guys who can do that. Guys like Dan Wallace and James White and others who, who, who do do this. And so what I am telling you is something that I have learned from them, not something that I have learned from my own original research, because I am not equipped to do this originally. So the Pericope Adulterae was not found in the earliest manuscripts. We don't find it until the 5th century. It's not only found in John, but as that ESV footnote says, some places put it in John in different places. Other manuscripts have it at the end of Luke 21. Others put it in different places in John and Luke. So it's, it's the fact that it, it appears late, and when it appears, it appears in a bunch of different places. That tells us it wasn't original. We don't have any original early witness to it. We don't have it showing up until late. And when it does show up, it shows up in a bunch of different places. And that, that itself is a key. That's a clue. It, it was a story that didn't know where it belonged. It was a story that didn't know where to go, and so it appeared in all different places. So if it's not original, how do we think it got into the Bible? Well, it's a great story about Jesus. It might even be a true story about Jesus. It might have been a true story about Jesus that was passed down, but it was not in the inspired text of Scripture. And at some point, some scribe thought it should be in the Bible, and then it took a while for someone else to decide where in the Bible they thought it ought to be. And so it appeared in all these different places before finally settling out in John 7:53 through 8:11. Now, how did this happen? Here is a possible scenario. Somebody heard this story and wrote it down on a piece of parchment and then tucked it into a Bible. Just like, I mean, if I pulled out my Bible case, it's right here, it's under a pile of stuff, so I won't pick it up. But this is the Bible I took to church on Sunday and it's in a Bible case with a zipper. It's actually Bible armor from Steadfast Bibles. So I'll give them a plug. They are not a sponsor. We have no sponsors here on Squirrel Chatter. But we sponsor Steadfast Bibles. How's that? So I have this case from Steadfast Bibles, and in the case is my Bible. And in my Bible is the notes I took during Pastor Scott's sermon on Sunday. Now, consider that all the manuscripts in the 5th century, when this shows up, all the manuscripts in the 5th century were handwritten. And one of the things that happened in the handwritten copying of scriptures was mistakes were made. That's why we have all these textual variants. You take, you know, just the history of handwritten copies, you're going to end up with weird handwritten 
mistakes. <laughs> Weird handwritten mistakes. I like that. Just the fact of copying by hand, human error enters into it. And the more copies you have, the more errors you're going to have so that you can see the different errors. Now, one of the things that would happen is if I, I was, you know, it took a long time to copy a whole page by hand. And so if a scribe was copying a passage of scripture and he noticed that he had skipped a verse, instead of recopying the whole page, maybe if he's almost done with the page when he finds it, he doesn't want to redo it. It may be the back page, so he'd already copied the other side, so he didn't want to have to redo both pages. So he writes what he forgot, what he skipped over, in the margin. Now, what also happened was people would study these manuscripts. And in studying these manuscripts, they also might make notes in the margin. Notes derived from their study, not actual text of scripture. So, down the road, another scribe is going to copy that manuscript. And so he picks it up and he starts leafing through it and he sees a notation in the margin. He doesn't know if that's somebody's study note or if that was the text of the scripture. So as he copies he puts it in the body of the text. Now, he could be fixing a previous mistake, or he could be adding some something from an external source. And this is why as time goes by, the manuscripts of the Scripture got longer. The reason is the text is tenacious. No scribe wanted to leave something out. Except for a few cultic scribes, but that's a different story altogether. The Montanists did, did some weird things with scriptures. But, but the, the, the Christian scribes, <laughs> they didn't want to leave anything out. So they were very careful to try to include everything. And so some of these study notes got included in the text. Some of the the stories from outside of Scripture got included in the text, and the Pericope Adulterae found its way in the text. So like I said, somebody may have written it down and just tucked it in a Bible, and then later, as somebody was copying, they thought it was a piece of Scripture that had been left out, or thought that it might have been, and so they included it. Now, it got included in several different places. And so you have manuscripts with it in different places because nobody knew where it went. That's why I'm thinking it was probably a separate sheet of paper. And it may have been a separate, it may have been written down and passed around and ended up in several manuscripts. And in some places it got tucked into John and in some places it got tucked into Luke and it got tucked into different places in John and different places in Luke. But after a while, it settled down in John 7:53 to 8:11. But here's the thing. The story about the woman caught in adultery, as well known and as beloved as it is, 
it's not part of the original God-breathed, Spirit-inspired text of John's Gospel, nor of any other Gospel. Like I said, might be true, it's not inspired Scripture. And so that's why yesterday and today I skipped over that portion of Scripture as I read John chapter 7 yesterday and John chapter 8 today. So that's a really, really quick, really, really surface level explanation of the Pericope Adulterae. Um, there are good sources out there that will go into a little bit more depth than what I put there. I, back when I preached through John, I actually, at this point in the text, I preached a sermon called Textual Criticism, the Pericope Adultery, and You. <laughs> and I explained all of this in much more depth. Unfortunately, because of things that happened with the website and such when the uh, church shut down in 2019, that recording was lost. And I apologize for that. Um, maybe someday I'll preach it again. Um, it might be a good one to pull out on one of my itinerant preaching schedules. It would be an interesting one. And it certainly wouldn't interfere with whatever the preacher there was preaching. Um, so I may do that. So if I do, it will end up being recorded and I'll let you know. But anyway, that's the story of the Pericope Adulterae. That's a likely scenario of how it ended up in the scripture. And that I've given you pretty much the reasons why we don't think it was original. Um, we, not meaning me personal, we meaning the scholars. Um, but I agree with them. I don't think it was original. I don't think it was part of the scripture. I don't think the longer ending of Mark was part of the scripture. And so it's, it's good to know these things. I don't normally note textual variants as we're reading through the Bible. Quite often I've read them. I did skip over the angel stirring story in, in uh, you know, when we talked about the, the pool of Bethesda a couple of weeks ago. I did skip over that because, you know, it's just part, it's one verse and it's not, you know, it wasn't a big deal. Um, you can read the footnote in your, in your Bible for that one. But I thought this one's a longer passage. I probably ought to say something. And so now I have. All right, have a great Wednesday. Remember to do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not do. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. We'll see you again here tomorrow for Theology Thursday. Take care. God bless. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster.